It's time for another Pinball Profile. I'm your host, Jeff Teolis, here with a special guest, Ryan C. Hey, Ryan. G'day, mate. How are you going? <laughs> He's here in Toronto, so I'm going to teach him how to do an uh, interview process. <laughs> okay, sorry. I know is. you've got some questions. So <laughs> let's get somebody who knows a little bit about pinball and pinball sales. We've got Jerry Power from Player One here. How are you? Fantastic. How are you? Okay, so Ryan does a podcast called Head to Head Pinball. It's, it's really, really funny. Not a lot of good quality content. So much from Ryan. Martin's fantastic. I wish Martin was here, but he'll be here in July. Okay. I'll introduce you then but let's talk about your history in pinball i'm gonna let ryan ask the first question i already know what it's gonna be jerry how did you get into pinball it was by a mistake it was a mistake i went down for an interview on my way to another place and stopped in and the guy said fill out an interview sheet can you tell us what a schematic looks like and you can start tomorrow three dollars an hour and you get your own truck three dollars an hour sounds good eh, right it sounds fantastic <laughs> ryan second question i'll even give it to you I have no idea what you're doing. I don't know, man. All right. See, that's when you go to events and you were at Texas, you could throw out your phone and ask some questions. But you're saying you're tired. I'm very tired. I've had the same amount of sleep you have. You're Jeff Tiel, as I said. You're the big It means nothing. It does. Come on. Top top 100 ranked IFBA player. Whatever that is. You've been smack talking this entire time we've been here. Listen, I might have won a few dollars here at Player One, but all right, I'll take it over from here, Ryan. Well, I, wager, I think it was only a dollar that you're up, just for anybody who's listening, okay? I don't know the currency. Is an Australian dollar worth more than a Canadian? We should have, the same. It's about the same? Yeah. Should have went U.S. He just came back from New York. Darn it. You buy two sheep. So for those who know Player One, you probably knew Palladium beforehand, but there's been some changes in the last year. You want to talk about the changes? Most of the changes are really just corporate. We were taken over by Cineplex about two years ago, and we've expanded and moved into a new facility up at 6420 Viscount Road in Mississauga. That's a plug. It's right by the airport, too. I picked it, up Ryan, came right here. It's just a walk away. That's exactly what it is. And since then, now we've expanded, and we're trying to get back into the pinball world a little bit easier than, I guess, what people would have wanted. So hopefully, you know, small steps. We hope to do a lot more over the next year or so. Much bigger facility here at Player One, and a lot of people come here, obviously, to buy their new games and you certainly have a great catalog we had a nice little view of the showroom in the back and also too the redemption games and some of the other things too that you see at rec rooms which are popping up all over canada and some of the existing all the theaters yeah. all the cineplex theaters the same way so that's kind of one of our ventures that goes into it it's another part of our business one of many ventures that we get into now pinball players are obviously looking for places to play pinball but from a business standpoint... We're open Monday to Friday, 9 to 5. <laughs> and, all games are, and all games are on free play. That's right. And I do kick you out at 5. <laughs> what time is it? It's almost 6 o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, Jerry, all no, right. here's the thing. The reality of the business side of pinball is when you have choices of redemption games and pinball and foosball and bubble hockey and video games... It's tougher for pinball machines to make returns compared to the redemption game. Is that a fair statement? Very accurate. The problem we run into is economies of scale just don't facilitate having more pinballs in a location. If we have 50 games in a location, pinballs may draw on the bottom 10 or bottom mm-hmm. 50. We understand both sides of it. If a game is not well maintained, people won't want to play it. But by the same token, if people don't play it, it's not earning and we don't make money on it. So it's tough to get in there every week and clean a pinball or every two weeks the way it should. We're working on how we figure that out, but until we do, it's tough to keep putting pinballs out and operating them and trying to make an economic return that makes sense to put more pinballs into a place. So 
go easy on those guys on uh, on your bashing of our sides a bit. Oh yeah, yeah. don't worry. Yeah. you know what? Well, I, just a lot of times you do pay get no scared. attention to pin yeah. side. That's well, well, no, no, rule not, number no, one. Yeah. yeah, but a lot of my, we understand that yes, the pinballs are dirty and stuff that's there. It's tough to go in and spend two hours sure. on a pinball when that's all the time you have to that's do a whole the key. arcade. That's the key. You know, you've got one of those claw games. What's your maintenance on that? Filling up with stuffed animals, it's right? That's pretty much it. That's, that's it. it. Okay. Now, Ryan is a bit of an operator in Australia, too. So tell us about your pinball machines on location and the difficulties you have as an operator. Um, I guess most... In English, please. Well, that was, sorry. (laughs) I think most of it comes from the bar staff not being pinball people, I guess. So um, if if I ring them up and say, hey, I'm going to come and do a collection what do I need to bring? Like, is, is anything broken? And they said, no, 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 everything's fine. Uh, and then I rock up there and, and like, the, a flip is broken or, or, or something like that. So I guess it's the communication where I can put my number on there and say, please call if there's any issue. But people always assume that someone else is going to call for them and, and, and no one seems to message. The machines are pretty reliable anyway, but they do need constant cleaning. Rubbers break all the time. And, uh, you know, if it's a sling then the machine isn't uh, going to earn money and, and going to operate properly if something as simple as a 50-cent rubber is, uh, is broken. I haven't been to Australia, but I assume anything goes. So do they smoke in the pubs there? 100% not. Oh, okay. Okay, good. Yeah. Wow. It's, it's illegal. It's the one law they do abide. <laughs> okay, that's good. Now, maybe there's an app for a manufacturer to do is when there is an error to have something that goes back onto your phone so you can at least see if you've got a switch or error something that's yeah. broken. They're never going to be able to, I guess, tell... On mic, maybe? That's another little tip there, kid. Yes. Whenever you're talking, make sure the microphone's on you. Go ahead. <laughs> They're never going to be able to monitor if a, a rubber is broken, but um, 100% with the newer spike system, uh, it's basically running a Linux kernel, and, uh, and with JJP's machines as well, there's no reason why they can't not only let you know if there's an error, but also give you operator profits and let you know... I think Pinball 2000 was, I think, still more advanced than what we have now, where it would tell you what time of the day is the machine making the most money, um, when errors popped up, and it would give you a graph of, uh, of your earnings. And I'm not a big-time operator, but that kind of stuff would make me more excited and, and you know, it, it'd be easier to know what's working and what isn't, right? If you yeah, had more, more statistics. I mean, would you be able to get some proper data, or would you go to somebody, you know, like Martin, who's probably a little <laughs> more clever? Well, if, I mean, it'd be good data for people that run the bar as well i mean i I guess they know when they're earning money from from alcohol sales but if people stop playing their pinball machines at a certain time then they know that they might change their operating hours um, based on that because maybe their pinball machine when the dollars go in that aligns with alcohol being purchased I'm excited to see the growth of the barcades that are popping up. Ryan and I have a mutual friend in Bruce Nightingale who operates the Silverball Saloon. Hello, Bruce. In Rochester, New York, 22 amazing pins, new and old. And that's been a big part of his bar. You know people here in the greater Toronto area like Dan Beeson and Che Kernu. He's got New Place Pinup Arcade in Waterloo. We've got Dan with tilt and some of the games he has at cabin fever so those are primarily unlike a lot of the rec rooms and and other redemption type places primarily pinball do you think it's easier for an operator to go one way or another like is it hard to do both i mean when i look at the rec rooms and some of these other places you might see one or two pins there but the majority of those people are flocking to the redemption games whereas something that is unique like a specific pinball arcade is going to be a lot better i mean obviously you're not comparing it to redemption games but that's where the people are going to go if they want to play pinball versus a rec room 
for value-added service, you're probably going to go more towards redemption and merchandising than you will pinball. Mm-hmm. If you're a good pinball player, we've seen you guys dominate for, well, I've seen you sit for yeah, a half Ryan. hour on a game. Yeah. Ryan was there for two or three minutes as well. well he he's did. waiting for me. <laughs> but the problem we run into is we would starve to death if you came into That's our right. arcade. But on the flip side of it, somebody who's not familiar with pinball that drops $3 in for two games may be finished in under a minute. So back in the heyday, these machines would go to the arcades. Obviously, that has switched, and now we're seeing the collectors, especially when companies like Stern have the Pro, the Premium, the LE, and the collectors, that's obviously the bulk of your business. It's a, f- a fair share of it. I think still more people are buying Pros, just the fact that that's the entry level that's there. But if you go on the street, you go somewhere like Cabin Fever, they have all Premiums and LEs down there. She's got nine games, and Robin does a fantastic job. She has a nice little niche because she can get into the locations, clean all the games herself, and she's got hands-on. Dan does the same at Yeah, Tilt. those are on the corner. Yeah, it's it, yeah, just down the street. Dan's not... He does the same thing with Dan and Evan. Che has Pablo's and Pinup. He'll do the same thing there. Because he's there 24-7, he can look after the games. Our techs are going in once every two or three days to do the major maintenance. Okay, everybody listening to Pinball Profile is a big pinball fan. I'm going to ask the same question to both of you, all right? Okay. Ryan, again, I hope you're taking notes. But here's a good question. If you had a bunch of machines and you're listening to Pinball Profile and you were trying to think, okay, you know what, there are no locations. What is some good advice to maybe go into a bar, into a restaurant, some sort of pub, and say, I've got one or two machines, I wouldn't mind putting it in there. That obviously happened to you, what, four years ago when you first got in there? What's some good advice for people, as long as they're not in the Melbourne area because they're cutting into your turf? What's some good advice you could give? Well, no, okay, I've only started sighting machines about six months ago. Oh, really? Yeah, oh, and, okay. and it was at a pinball place already, so it was well established. But it is something that I might try and work on. So um, I guess the sales pitch is if you're trying to make money off people that are sitting there drinking alcohol, right? You need to keep them there, right? And, and what keeps people there? A good conversation, right? But if, if you have something that they can play and it's one player playing, one um, person drinking, then that's going to keep people there longer. Pinball machines are expensive. You can, you can blab on about how expensive they are and, and how it's, it's, there's no upfront cost to them. And basically, they just uh, pay for electricity and uh, they receive a profit share from it. So the sales pitch is there. But the biggest downside, I guess, for them is the space the real estate that it takes up in the bar so you have to kind of convince them that it's not going to take away from their their sales same question to you jerry if someone's thinking about putting pins that they own or they're going to come here to player one and purchase some and maybe put them in a place some suggestions you would have i would say take a few minutes learn from somebody who's experienced who'll sit you through it i just started much the same as ryan i got into it in 75 i might have a year or two on them we 75, look that's, that's a coincidence that's <laughs> a coincidence that's his iq go on oh nice well, that's, uh, almost my age yeah. not too bad so basically that would be the thing to do i mean they are profitable machines if you look after them you maintain them properly people need to understand it started off with guys like jerry and jeff going out buying a pinball putting it in a bar when it broke down you put it in your truck bought it back to the shop brought it back out when it was fixed great that everybody's got them in their house but it's a steel ball rubber plastic and glass rolling on wood something will happen but if you clean it and look after it properly, you're going to make money. And also, too, coin drop aside, let's look at the economy of pinball machines lately. You buy a machine, new in box, you buy a machine that, for the most part, is only going to maintain its price or go up. This is something that is good advice. If you're looking to get your first pinball machine, the best thing I can say is it will keep its value and probably go up. Agree, Ryan? 100%. I guess if you're buying machines for on-site, the pro is probably the better the better one that makes more financial sense 
but if you buy in the secondhand market, you can, you know, I've got my Hobbit LE on site and uh, yeah, it's any good money. Okay. Most locations, I mean, we talked about cabin fever with the, the LEs, but yeah, do you agree that it's probably better to put a pro into a pub or a bar or an arcade? Well, I think pros, the CEs certainly that uh, that are out now by Planetary Pinball, they're the direction, no different than certainly the dialed ends if you're doing the, the standard model that's there. Less moving parts, still a fun game to play. That's, that's really the entry level that's on. Just make sure you go out every week or two and just maintain it. Just keep it clean and keep it level. It'll do you good money. And at the end of it, don't forget, you can still bring it home. So, that's true, yeah. yeah. So that's it's right. not like you're taking it to the dump. And, you know, wasn't that the case in the old days? That, you know, Sadly, it was. It wasn't, that's how, a lot of them did wind up in the dumpsters. <laughs> we know companies that sold and just kind of threw it all in the dumpster and dragged it off because it wasn't worth having a guy come in and beat them up for a couple hundred dollars to oh. take it. Speaking of dump, Ryan, it's been great talking to you, and I appreciate you coming in. Uh, thanks for – have you learned anything about this uh, podcasting thing? I know you're still kind of new. Although you are a Twippy finalist. I mean, that begging was great. Didn't quite get you over the top. But I've, I've, learned, I've learned that you, Jeff, you do a lot of editing because uh, – Oh, <laughs> not one. I, I, I've, I've been recording the, uh, the real version. I'll release it after you release yours. <laughs> Mispronouncing the name about seven times, Jeff. Okay? Uh, What's the guy's name again? Jerry Power? No. <laughs> Jay Kernu? Yeah, him. Jay Kernu, Jay Kernu. Yeah, exactly. Before it was Jay and uh, say John Trudeau. John Trudeau. Say it the real way. John Trudeau. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nice try. Don't worry, you don't have to say that name. Anyway, Jerry, thanks very much. Uh, sorry about Ryan, but he's entertaining. Well, yeah, I know. It's kind of neat to see this uh, wonderful Player One facility, and also too. And I said this to you too. In the last, not even full year, but I've just noticed a great increase in the Toronto area. If you're ever coming to some of these events, last year we saw this huge first-time Canadian National Exhibition Great Pinball Championship. And you looked at all these brand new machines, and there it was. Player One donated a lot to that end. For those coming to the IFP 15 and Adam Becker's, I know you're going to be a part of that too. So thanks for what you're doing in the community, Jerry. Well, I want to thank the community as well. If it's not for Eddie and Steve, certainly, and, and Walt, Scott, all the guys that were down at CNE, we probably would not have been able to take part. So we were all kind of working as a team, and I think full kudos to, I think, to Eddie probably and Steve for what they did. And I know I'm probably missing the name or two that are there, but they were the ones who kind of put us initially on the map. Hopefully Hopefully this year and next year we can do a lot more than what we did last. So, so check out the website for Player One. Winwithp1ag.com. All right. And if you're in the greater Toronto area, 6420 Viscount Road and ask for Jerry Power. Uh, it's been great talking to you. Thanks. Uh, the pleasure is all mine. Thank you very much, guys. How do you end your podcast? What do you guys do? You sing, don't you? This has been another Pinball Profile from Jeff Diolis. You can find us on iTunes. Subscribe to us, please, on Twitter. And and (laughs) I'm Jeff Diolis. Not bad. Is that right? (laughs) Good enough. Thanks.